Welcome to Donut Talks. Connecting dots, talks worth having. These are conversations that deepen our understanding, accelerate our learning, and ignite action towards a donut economy. We are Rita Alirejo and Stefan Treveng, two former Accenture Netherlands colleagues who became friends while singing on stage in a company band. Today, we are independent professionals who connect on scalable learning towards a regenerative and distributive economy, inspired by the book Donut Economics. In this podcast, we facilitate our own learning journey and we hope to bring value to yours. After the massive success of our first series in Dutch, we have decided for this series to summarize and comment on each of the chapters of the Donut Economics book in Dunglish. And in all honesty, it was not really a decision, it's just something we could not escape. Donut Economics has a planetary scope and we need to connect globally. So instead of speaking Dutch, we'll give our best Dunglish a try. Hello! Hello! It's Donut Talks! Yes, chapter episode. one! Oh, chapter, yes, chapter one. and episode one. Episode one, which is the introduction and chapter one. Well, maybe correct. it's it's episode two because we did a whole series in Dutch before. It's a series two! Yeah, a series two, chapter one. Well, you, you were doing the, the coding of all of this, right? You're yeah, yeah. So basically, this is mind. the first English series because there you we go. Dutch in, uh, the Dutch first series, uh, and now it's an English series because of popular demands, right? <laughs> oh, yes, popular demand. And it's new and improved. It's new, new, new and improved, right? Yes, because we have a website which you can mm-hmm. find on donutalks.com. We are talking about a wiki. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, but we're also keeping it uh, trying uh, and, and already, you know, we're already challenging that goal, but we're trying to keep it a bit shorter than we were doing with the Dutch version. Mm-hmm. We'll stick a bit more with the uh, the, the concepts in the book, uh, not uh, put our own personal views in too much, but maybe here and there. Just yeah. try to stick a bit more with the book to just really get that covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, well, maybe for the, the sequel, we will get much more personal and in-depth on all sorts of things. But now we're just trying to sort of cover the, 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 uh, the main ideas and a bit deeper in the book. Yeah, but I, w- I would like to end uh, the podcast with, so what would be interesting for a next series? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with during this summary, we kind of covered the book, uh, the main topics in it. But so... Given given this summer, given this summary, what would be an interesting topic to cover next, uh, with more in depth or maybe more personal uh, opinions and views? So I'd like to I'd like to close on that note. Okay, so we already have a good objective uh, for um, for to reflect on when we when we, if we finish our cycle. I must say, uh, having done the first one, we both felt very encouraged to do another one because we simply learned a lot. From, yes. from from doing it right just talking just helps yeah. a, well, having a conversation with somebody else a talk yes <laughs> a, talk. a donut talk a talk, a so, talk worth having <laughs> yes exactly and and for this first time uh we for the first one we agreed just like we did in the dutch version uh to to include both the introduction and chapter one we do that in in one uh, episode right yeah so we're starting out with who wants to be an economist I do. You, well, actually, you already I am. were one, or you are one. Yes, <laughs> an official one. I'm an official one. I studied economics uh, at the uh, Free University, the Vrije Universiteit here in Amsterdam. 
but I've never really felt like an economist. And now because of this book, I'm actually getting reintroduced again to the theory and and practice of economics. Perhaps I've already practiced a bit of economics because of my um, professional background, but I'm really interested in just uh, diving into the theory again, the, the, yeah, the whole concepts, uh, the, the start of it, the way she also introduced Kate. Uh, I'm talking about uh, the book with, uh, because that's, that's what I also feel um, very personal in the sense that, that that is true, that everyone is an economist. And she invites everyone to think, to accept that they are an economist as well, and to to help reshape uh, what we think about econ- about economics. Yes, I think uh, Kate quite clearly already from uh, from the start indicates that she wants to involve much more people in the economy debate, uh, get more points of view in, and and basically opening up the field. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, has a certain way of doing that, uh, for which the donut, the visualization of the donut is the main instrument. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, it's just also taking a step back, also listening back to, to our first Dutch podcast. Mm. I love that uh, quite early in the episode, you talked about the pre-analytic cognitive action. Yeah, act, act. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It was a Schumpeter uh, term, I think. She, she yeah. Used, yeah. Yeah, which is really about, uh, you know, before we get into analysis, uh, but really when we're talking more in the, at the level of, of vision or maybe also, you know, values or aspirations, things that we want to see happen in the world, mm-hmm. uh, how do we express that and how can we organize towards that? And for that, you don't, you don't, you shouldn't start uh, at least the way Kate Rayworth uh, makes her argument, you shouldn't start at the uh, you know uh, analyzing right away based on current thought systems. You should look more at uh, how are we thinking, what is what, what determines my thinking, and for mm-hmm. this you need this pre-analytic cognitive act, which which is about in her case very much about visualizing a bigger picture, um, and and from that bigger yeah. picture you can build up uh, an impression of uh, what what is most relevant and what requires attention. Uh, and from there on, you can build on uh, to towards analysis. So that, that pre-analytic, uh, honoring the, the pre-analytic impulse, I, I very much enjoy. I think that's uh, basically, you know, an area where um, that, that has been disregarded uh, in, in science, in, in appreciating human qualities and, uh, well, many things. Yeah, and I think she, she mentions it uh, for uh, two purposes at, uh, at, at least. Uh, first, to be aware that uh, we have a worldview, a vision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? And sometimes we aren't aware of this because it's basically has been, um, we've been indoctrin- indoctrinated by the things well, we've learned. Yeah, or the like friendly word, major cultured. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've well, uh, yeah, we um, like for instance, one of our main issues with uh, the economy, the, con- uh, the econ- economic economics of today. Mm-hmm. This is why we said we are doing the talk in Danglish, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll stumble our way forward, no worries. <laughs> yeah. um, is that we the humanity? She says humanity's journey uh, journey uh, is shaped by people with an economic education rooted in textbooks of the 1950s, which in turn 
are rooted in the theories of the 1850s. And we, we, we're not really aware of that. And I really, rec she recognized it when she started her uh, economics uh, education. And I also recognize it, uh, that we didn't really have a broad spectrum of what uh, economics can be. Um, mm -hmm. It's very narrowed. And so I think she, she uses the, you know, the, she talks about this pre-analytic cognitive action to make us aware that we have this worldview, but that it might not have been our worldview from the start. So it's also like an invitation to rethink that worldview, because only when you're aware of it, you can ask questions and rethink it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah and uh, yeah exactly and, uh, and but it it requires a becoming aware of uh, what shapes our thoughts in the first place so mm. she also uh, and then she will do that at various places in the book draw uh, upon uh, theories from for instance George Lakoff uh, about uh, metaphor and framing in language uh, and 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 the the concepts that we use to uh, to describe our our thoughts and she'll be doing that uh, throughout the chapters uh, with many metaphors but also challenging some of the deeper ingrained western metaphors mm -hmm. uh, for instance uh, how we uh, conceptualize growth what it is uh, <laughs> how we think about it in terms of pictures <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. uh, where is it in space you know growth uh, to the right upwards <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing forward and upwards yes. yeah yeah but maybe, yeah. I don't know, will we take a bit more of a linear uh, approach through the, the, the introduction and the, the first chapter? Or do you want to just... I don't, uh, I don't, we can just uh, see what comes up. Uh, okay. For me, the, the, the chapter itself and the, as you, as you call it, linear approach is kind of like a guideline. Mm -hmm. uh, I yeah. do have my notes in that order. Right. Uh, but we can just talk about, I think, whatever whatever comes up. Okay, well, the, the reason I'm asking really is, is I, I, ha I have the book here uh, on the table, of course, it's here. And uh, on my, uh, right at the start, she starts with this definition of economy as a word. And I kind of like to just, you know, uh, focus on that before we move on. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, the word economy draws from uh, the Greek word oikos nomos, of two words, oikos mm -hmm. meaning the household. Yeah. And almost meaning the rules and the norms uh, that we use to to run the household. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and a bit further down the line, she also makes a distinction between uh, uh, economics and chromatistics. Well, <laughs> Aristotle did actually. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. But she calls that into memory that yeah. uh, that you know uh, using money to create money or the financial system to to build up more wealth mm -hmm. is actually uh, there's a separate word for that so it's not strictly yeah. what economy or economics yeah. is about yeah and it's it's, it's yeah it's, it's only a few sentences really in uh, in her book but it's so crucial i think mm -hmm. yeah uh, also in you know the build up of of uh, the title of the the chapter you know change the goal of why we have this goal and why we should really rethink it the goal being gdp and gross domestic product and the continuous growth of the gross gross domestic products yep Yep. Should we, should we um, give the different definition of, of GDP or do you feel like our listeners... Uh, oh, give it. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So <laughs> I would just read, read out the definition. But bring it on. It's uh, the market value of goods and services produced within a nation's borders in a year. 
Uh-huh. So, and that actually is also quite interesting because it's it links to market. So something that's priced, you know, all only goods and services that are priced yep. are uh, count into gross domestic product, and it uh, it it so it it takes um, it doesn't take into account uh, all the value that is created in the households and uh, in the commons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 she 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 really discusses the the G- GDP as it was invented by Kutznets, who also has the Kutznets curve. Uh, she 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 discusses that a lot. Uh, how it became, how it first was introduced as a sort of a useful tool, but then mm-hmm. under a political and and uh, maybe geo- geopolitical pressures, uh, turned into something uh, that. Uh, really narrowed uh, down some of the ideas that Kutznets originally had with uh, with uh, that particular way of looking at economy, mm-hmm. uh, but it turned it into some sort of well, the only common lowest denominator of of communicating about economy, uh, uh, and 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 combined with the idea that uh, it should always become more, right? The the GDP should mm-hmm. always yeah. grow. If there is not growth, then things are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think yeah, that's that's definitely what she wanted to uh, talk about when she mentioned Kuznets. I think it's also good to maybe uh, even go back to what she also does uh, is to mention mention Samuelson mm-hmm. and the circular flow. Oh yeah, uh, because uh, that's also something we discussed in, in the previous in our first Dutch episode is yep. the simplification. So first, uh, what we mentioned now is how uh, uh, economics first was household management, and it became something you know w- what she also mentions that as the mother tongue of public policy, yes, language of public life, and the mindset that shapes society. So um, and you know with with. Kuznets uh, curve uh, as a theory to also uh, put growth in as a as a panacea for all ailments of society. So if you have poverty or you have unemployment, all you need is economic growth. We should just focus on that, and that would solve everything. Yeah. Well, that obviously uh, is not really the case. But the other um, influence that um, that touched. Uh, economics in its in in how we understand and perceive it is that in the um, academic world uh, there was this um, need to basically make it more scientific, make it more look like uh, physics. Yes, because oh, physics is the graphs. ultimate science, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, if you if you look at the circular flow diagram. Um, that she also draws uh, in the book with the circular flow. It's only like uh, the market that counts and uh, and consumers. And so it's it's just businesses and consumers and how every uh, income flows from business to consumer and then uh, revenue flows from consumers to to businesses. Yes, and and, and the metaphor of a, of a of a pump and pipes are used right so it's yeah. it's literally a system through which i guess some fluid is flowing and yeah. it's being actively pumped around uh, that is the metaphor that is uh, being used there yeah yeah and it's still uh, so much part of how we view economics now because now we just talk about all these externalities that are not priced and we see them but we still don't really have a way to put it in 
that system. Yeah. So also, I think that already touches on some of the one of the further chapters that she has, which is uh, which is around systems thinking. Our economy and our society is just not this sim- this simple. It's complex. So I think that's also uh, a point. You know uh, how science, how things like physics influence the the, the science of econ- the art of economics. Yeah, and and in a way, you know, uh, science, uh, you know, progressed uh, so complexity thinking and 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 concepts from from that field. Uh, have found their way through to economics, uh, uh, for instance, with a person like Eric Beinhocker, mm-hmm. uh, and I think uh, Brian Arthur as well. Although I don't think he's an economist, actually, <laughs> Brian Arthur. But uh, but uh, but you know, through, but maybe Kate will uh, have, be happy to consider him an economist. <laughs> but but a, a, a very crucial point uh, for for Rayworth uh, is that. The, the the Samuelson Econ 101, so the, like the introduction to economy, mm-hmm. uh, has become like a super dominant textbook, which gives the so-called first lick. So if, if people uh, if, uh, don't have a, an impression of what is economy about, uh, the, the chances are that they will be confronted with a book like that. And that sort of defines from the start, this is economics. Mm-hmm. These are some basic rules and, and laws that mm-hmm. apply to it, like supply and demand and, and things like that. These are, here are some uh, relatively simple curves and pictures to, uh, to explain these laws. And from there on, once that has set, uh, you know, uh, it, it's very difficult to change that way of thinking. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, Kate Brayworth is, on, is a, on a mission to sort of reform uh, that early introduction to economics and basically open up that field much more. Yeah, and tying it back to, uh, you know, we have to start with vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's, what's the vision? She also basically makes uh, explicit that because of this um, political power, if you will, of, of these uh, uh, economic graphs, our goal has not been what we need as a hum- as humanity, but our goal has been a projection of, of what these economic theories dictate. Yeah. And these economic theories dictate we need growth, we need growth, and we need growth. And so it, you know, it 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 it, it I think she explains why all these things that happened, all these all, all these developments within the economic theory basically locked us in in this growth thinking, yeah. so we need to go back to, okay, but what is our vision and why, why we should start with what, what humanity needs. Yes. So the goal should be humanity's long-term goals, what, what we as, as, a, as a humanity and society need, which is, um, you know, then uh, described by her in the, in the donut shape. Yeah. Um, and so that's meeting the human rights of every person within the means of our life-giving planet. Uh, that's her her word, her phrasing. So I- instead of a forecast and projection of what economic theory dictates, yeah. and so I th- I thought that was also uh, yeah. It, it it again shows we we said many times during our Dutch series how well structured this book is, and I think mm-hmm. again in this this first ho- uh, this first chapter already you see how she links how she links that to yeah. uh, the economic the development of economic theory with how this this goal the cuckoo basically <laughs> this utility thinking has uh, 
become has come so much uh, to the foreground and pushed away all the other goals uh, out of the nest. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, something that really resonated with me is that she she is quite explicit about how uh, this this kind of economic thinking that is promoted uh, early on uh, sort of shapes our view on what human nature is about. Yeah. Uh, so uh, humans only want more, more, more. They only want growth. They're basically greedy, uh, greedy monkeys. Homo economicus. <laughs> Homo economicus. Yes. And uh, and and by uh, structuring economy and and policies that f- follow that, uh, uh, based on those assumptions, y- you get a reinforcing loop, which is a way of systems thinking. Actually, uh, it's a reinforcement loop. Uh, that is actually making people more fit that worldview. Uh, and she's basically challenging that uh, we're better than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you, you talked about, uh, you know, the framing and how words and language is so important. She actually at, at one point says, this book aims to reveal the power of visual framing. Yeah. Use it to transfer, transform the 21st century economic thinking. So the donut really is her is her a way of visually framing mm-hmm. uh, economic thinking differently. And um, she she basically also introduced introduces the picture of the donut. And maybe for our uh, listeners, it's also good to just um, mention actually what the donut is in uh, in a, in a short sentence. So she says, the essence of the donut is a social foundation of well-being that no one should fall below and an ecological ceiling of planetary pressure that we should not go beyond. Between the two lies a safe and just space for all. Yes. And there, uh, you. Uh, this is also something uh, we touched on in our previous series, is that what she basically introduces here also is, is the very explicit thinking at a planetary level. Yeah. So uh, where previous economics may be more focused on a, a nation state or maybe some, I don't know, some, some trading between nations. This yeah, is really because it's so much linked to policy and therefore boundaries between yes. nations. Yeah. And, and the, but this really equates the oikos, the, the house, uh, the, the household w- with the planet. So yeah. we, we share the same house. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah. That's what I feel like that's why we're also so enthusiastic about the donor because it it is quite a nice framework, and I, I also love what she does uh, with uh, both the social foundation and the ecological ceiling is that she summarizes um, existing theories and thinking into yeah. this model. You know, yeah. with the SDGs, the Sustainable uh, Development Goals, uh, as part or actually as, as the, a way to define the social foundation. And uh, the model of uh, Stefan and uh, Rockström, if I'm correct. Johan Rockström, yeah. Rockström, exactly. As, uh, Stockholm yeah, Brazilian Center. As how to, how to define the ecological ceiling. So that's also a really, a really nice touch, a very good touch. Yeah, 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 exactly. And 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 she uh, Rayworth worked for Oxfam and uh, the UN. Uh, I think it is she started using uh, the model for the for, uh, I don't like to use the word model. Uh, to use the donut mm-hmm. uh, when she was working at the UN uh, and and she found out there that it is also the the visual framing, the the, the visual way of communication helps to 
relate easier with uh, cultures that are very different from the Western ones, like more uh, like indigenous tribes. Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, she mentions that uh, it resonated with the concept of Pachamama uh, in, uh, in Latin American countries. Uh, so literally Mother Earth. Uh, but, you know, depicting the earth as a circle uh, is a good starting point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's uh, it's for her also uh, a way to think, okay, so this this donut could be our new goal. It's how we want it's how it's where we want humanity to to end, you know, in the safe and just space. And how can we uh, rethink uh, economic strategies to put us there? To get into the into the goal, and that's how how she actually came up with the structure of the book, which uh, which details seven ways to think like yep. a twenty first century economist. So one of obviously is what we are talking about now: change the goal. Second, being see the big picture. So that will uh, this will also be the structure of our podcast, by the way. Yep. So see the big picture, and then three, nurture human nature. Four, get savvy with systems. Five, design to distribute. Six, create to regenerate, and seven, be agnostic about growth. And yeah, yeah so definitely read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In class, read the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, Rita and I agreed that we uh, we will not give a you know an, a very detailed summary of everything that's in there. Uh, we basically give us uh, give you our impression of some things that really stood out for us, uh, having you know read and listened to the book mm -hmm. a couple of times now. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, as I'm flicking through the the chapters, uh, the first two, the introduction and the chapter one. Uh, looking at some other things that stand out for me is uh, the, the symbol of the donut, since it's very much about visual framing. She also refers to uh, some uh, revolution in science, for instance, the, uh, Co uh, the Copernican revolution, uh, where Copernicus drew the position of the Earth in a solar system based mm -hmm. on uh, concentric circles. Which was very, uh, you know, much challenged uh, by uh, religious and and, and scientific uh, groups at the time, but later on became a, a sort of a de facto standard. Mm -hmm. uh, and and she she uh, later on brings up, you know, the yin yang symbol or or some other uh, like the Maori uh, symbols that all include some uh, circular shape that also has some dynamism in it, uh, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, there are certain polarities in there, mm -hmm. but there is also movement. Yeah. Uh, and, and she just sort of stress, stresses the, uh, the importance of having a picture that, uh, that captures that uh, well. Yeah, so I, exactly. I really and like also, that. But also uh, acknowledging that it, it is a simplification, a, a powerful yep. one, though, and the right one, though, because she does uh, make fun of it a little bit because when she, she says, you know, if you would want to connect and find all these uh, relationships between the different parts of the donuts, the social foundation, all the SDGs and, you know, the ecological uh, ceiling, uh, it, would, it would turn into a donut spaghetti. Yeah, she. It's not like she doesn't understand or that it is a complex. Uh, it's it's a complex topic, and it's it's uh, something with still with a lot of questions and little answers perhaps. But we do need this starting point, and a donut yeah. is a good starting point. 
Yeah, and I'd like to argue that uh, given the fact that she very much acknowledges that it's 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 a complex territory, uh, mm-hmm. what you need in order to deal with complexity is at least when it comes to some of the simpler foundations, mm-hmm. they should be really in check. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, uh, it's it's easy to get lost in, in some complex issue, but yeah. if some of the basic underlying assumptions are uh, way off, Mm-hmm. then uh, there's no point in, in pursuing the other activities. Yeah. Uh, and I think for, for chapter one, her, her main point there is that the gross domestic product uh, uh, it had, well, uh, some, some pretty bad effects. Uh, um, uh, although it was a, a very useful way of thinking, during, for instance, during uh, and, and post-World uh, War II, Mm-hmm. for rebuilding uh, uh, nations, but also for providing uh, wartime economies with, uh, well, you know, uh, d- deciding how to structure economic activity. For that, it worked uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah, and, and she also acknowledges, I think, that we didn't have the view and the, and the understanding of the effects and side effects and all the consequences of that thinking. Yes, uh, we, we didn't have that before, or people didn't have that before. We are the first generation to actually see what the results are in their in their full spectrum, if you will. So, so we are also now the first generation to have to think about how we can rethink everything so we can solve some of these issues. Yes, and our, our main uh, tool for that, she says, is a pencil. Yep. Because right. that's all you need to redraw the economy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a nice invitation. So anyone can hold a, a pencil, and you can draw the way. Uh, well, you have a what what you, you can draw your own vision, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's of course uh, a very inviting uh, uh, start of starting point. Yeah, I I love that she she also makes it that small because at a certain. Uh, point in the in the chapter, she actually invites individuals. You know, she she says, "What if we each were to mentally map our own lives onto the donut, asking ourselves, how does the way that I shop, eat, travel, earn a living, bank, vote, and volunteer affect my personal impact on social and planetary boundaries?" And she does that before she says, "And how would every company strategize around a donut table?" So I love she she also makes it small. It's it's uh, it's up to many of us. All of yeah. us yeah. To, to start uh, to start thinking differently and start making different choices. Yeah, and and uh, in terms of you know uh, maybe it's good to provide a bit more detail uh, before we we uh, finalize already our first episode because we decided to keep it a bit brief, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what's inside that donut image? There, these are two concentric rings. Uh, the inner one being the social foundation, the outer one being the ecological ceiling. And, and within those two, you have this bandwidth or this this uh, this space of uh, which is the safe and just space for humanity, as she calls mm-hmm. it, based on a regenerative and distributive economy. But this social foundation, uh, she de- has defined a couple of uh, categories in there, which I think is good or good to mention. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I'll just you know summarize them. There's food, health, education, income and work, peace and justice, political voice social equity, gender equality, housing, networks, energy, and water. Yeah. Shall I do the same for the ecological? Sure. Go ahead. 
So the ecological ceiling has climate change, ocean acidification, chemical pollution, nitrogen and phosphorus loading, freshwater withdrawals, land conversion, biodiversity loss, air pollution, and ozone layer depletion. Yes, and, and when it comes to this mapping, and you and I, Rita, we've done this at uh, a bank in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we, yeah. we had the, the Kate was uh, doing a workshop there, and everybody was invited to, to make a personal mapping by sticking some dots uh, on the image of the donut. Where uh, so for the social foundation, it's really about you know uh, how uh, this this is a, a, a lower boundary that should be uh, in check, should be well taken care of for everybody on the planet. Yeah. Whereas the ecological ceiling is uh, more like the the outer limit of what can the planet uh, mm-hmm. process, how much uh, pressure can can the planet. Uh, deal with in order to keep life sustaining conditions that yeah. well, basically uh, help to help the human species but also other species basically all life on earth uh, to flourish yeah and it's and it's just a boundary that we just have to have to hold ourselves uh, to you know so mm-hmm. she says we of course it's uh, it's it's uh, it's okay to 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 grow and and and, and seek uh, more well-being, if you will, uh, for every every everyone. So human rights uh, of every person within. But it is always within the means of our life-giving planet because we can't destroy our life-giving planet. It will be destroying us if we if we continue to do that. So yeah. yeah. So basically, she's changing the goal for from you know uh, having this image of GDP as a ever-rising line going up and to the right in time. Uh, and every year we should have a plus of X percent. She's changing that goal to this image of a donut uh, with yeah. two rings and these these categories that I just mentioned, and that it's basically about living within these uh, these uh, boundaries, uh, yeah. and and that should become the goal for economics. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and it's a goal I love. So I'm happy to be able to contribute uh, uh, to it. Hopefully. <laughs> Okay. At least that's uh, that's what I would really like. So I think we gave a pretty good summary of mm-hmm. the, uh, the introduction and the first chapter. Uh, what would be like for you a good bridge to a next series? What what topic would you like to? Because we were talking about maybe inviting in people to maybe uh, dive into a certain thing. Uh, you mean already it, for this this series or for? Oh no, no, for the next series. But I ne- always thinking when we when we finish <laughs> this this summary series that we also uh-huh. have like this bridge, this this bucket list, if you will. For oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. oh yeah, exactly. We we will work on our bucket list, and uh, yeah. let's have do this question every every time. Yeah. I, I love it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, I I shared with you just before we started recording. I, I came across this uh, PDF with the Cambridge Book of Metaphor and Thought, and I was like, oh, need more time. I want to read it. <laughs> it's it's really about how uh, metaphor shapes uh, how we think, uh, which you know even beyond economics, I think it's it's more fundamental. Uh, it, it really makes me tick. Yeah. Uh, to to uh, work on that, since I'm also, you know, uh, I, I like to film uh, and do editing, things like that. So visual communication is very much at the heart of the way I've I've learned to think over the mm-hmm. last few years. Uh, so that for me is is definitely something I'd like to dive in uh, more. Uh, that combined with systems thinking, because actually uh, holding a camera and working with systems, which are also, you know. 
configurations of actors, let's say uh, people, mm -hmm. for instance, families or, or organizations or networks, these are all systems mm -hmm. that can be observed from so many perspectives and, and we yeah. can communicate about it in so many different ways. Uh, for me, yeah. definitely, uh, that's a field I want to yeah, grow into more and more. Yeah. How about you, Rita? Well, agree on, on both points, but to uh, I feel like because she she does dedicate a whole chapter on systems thinking, we can we can put that topic on the on the bucket list uh, mm -hmm. in that episode. But really specific to this episode, I feel is that um, that vision for that vision formation, you know. And I, so I love your idea about talking a little bit more on how metaphors work, because I feel it's also something so many people are not aware of. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that would be a really nice bucket list item, really tied into this this chapter. So how how do we consciously take time for that pre-analytic cognitive action? Act, act, act. It's act. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know, then we get to talk about uh, the circle and how it represents oneness, yeah. right? And and basically mathematically, it represents the the number one. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. And then how Jung, uh, in his uh, psychology, works with mandalas. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. you get into yeah. all that kind of. That, that would be an interesting, an, an interesting in depth, a more like diving deep into chapter one's context. For mm. So that's the bucket list item. Great. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. So next week, uh, it's see the big picture. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Thank you. Thank and you. Thanks for all our listeners. Yes. And we'll see each other next week. See you. Okay. Bye bye. bye, -bye.